Hey parents, welcome back to season two of the Parent Page Podcast with me, Leslie Zox, and my co-host, Mindy Horowitz. We're so excited to welcome everyone back for a new season, actually much faster than we'd originally planned. We got such a great tsunami of support and requests for episodes that we felt were super topical to this time of year that were entirely too tempting to put off. So this season, we're going to kick things off fast and furious with the return of one of our favorite guests, college counselor Kelly Jorgensen, who's here to help us through the waning days of what I like to call indecision April 2022. Other guests this season will help us continue to tackle topics that are critical to the next four months of planning as you new college parents prepare to send your new adults into the world. We're here for you and ready to help you see inside the ivory tower as you prepare for this, the weirdest phase of parenting yet. Unlike last season, in addition to listening and giving us a rate, review, and subscribe on the podcasting engine of your choice, we've also set up a new way for you to show us some support. If you'd like to make a contribution to our little enterprise, please come to theparentpagepodcast.wordpress.com and find the donate section. That's theparentpagepodcast.wordpress.com. You can also email us your thoughts and suggestions to theparentpagepodcast at gmail.com. As always, we really appreciate your support. And remember, the kids are fine. Everything is fine. Bye-bye. Good morning and welcome to The Parent Page, the podcast where we bring all the crazy from your kid's college parent page offline and give you the straight story from inside the ivory tower of a college campus. I'm Leslie Zox. I'm Mindy Horwitz. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to all of our parents who are back with us here during season two. Thanks for listening in for another season of The Parent Page. Yeah. We're back in Podcast Central in Mindy's basement. Surrounding by all of her Mindy nose accoutrement. This is where this is where the magic happens. Mindy knows world headquarters. <laughs> Which is also becoming our podcast world headquarters. <laughs> well, here we are. Um, first of all, I, I want to say thank you again to everybody who um, has been listening to us since the beginning of season one. Uh, we are really super grateful for all of the feedback we've been given and emails that we've been receiving from people. We've who, loved the emails. We've loved the emails and so many um, wonderful, hilarious anecdotes from people coming in from all over the place about their parent pages. And we hope to be able to start reading some of those online and sharing this common experience that we're all having with our college uh, parent pages. So... Thank you very much to everybody who is um, openly interacting with us through and, our various media. And thank you to our listeners for your patience as we work out some of our kinks. Yeah, we're, we are growing and learning. And getting getting the sound quality. We're, we're, we're on it. We're working on it, and we, um, we're getting better every time. We're having <laughs> a great time. So thank you, everybody, for joining us on this journey. So um, here we are. It is still... Indecision April. Indecision April 2020. Lots of kids. Two. Still, 2022. God, see, this is like we all fell down a COVID rabbit hole. <laughs> Our clocks all start are stopped. It's 2020. In the spring of 2020. And I still think 2019 was a year ago and it was three years ago. So here thank, we are. Thank you. Yes, we are actually in Indecision April 2022. And um, for those of you who have students who are 
still trying to make up their minds about what the heck they're doing. If they've been blessed with multiple college acceptances, um, this can actually be a surprisingly stressful time of year. Do you remember what this was like for your for your boys, Mindy? Yeah, well, yes. My son wanted to have a, a decision party uh, right around this time. I think it was about a is week this, ago. Is this like a gender reveal? Where you it was like a gender reveal. Balloon and <laughs> but he hadn't discussed it with us. Oh. He was just making his decision. I see. And he wanted, uh, we were going to, we were getting the gender reveal at the same time. I see. And we said, hold up, dude. We're we're helping to fund this, and we we'd love to have some sort of conversation with you before you announce it worldwide on That's your right. on your. Which child are we talking about here? Oh, the one that would have a a, a party like the this. The oldest. The oldest. Yeah. 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 Anyway, he was he was down to two. We we had a conversation with him before he made his final decision, but he didn't want to include us in that. He wanted it to be his decision he, uh-huh. that he felt he had made all by himself in an egg, uh, off. On the side of a cliff, in his independence, right? that's right. Adulthood, young that's adulthood. Okay. Anyway, so that's he. Right. Mm-hmm. So did he actually do this? Did he have like a big a, yeah reveal party? He did, but I think ever yeah. What he did really he do? Did. Like walk in the door wearing the sweatshirt of the. He had uh, two hats. He had he had the two hats, ah. and the irony is that he was down to two schools with the same initials. One went one direction, and then the other one that like if you did like if it was BU and University of. Boulder, yeah. The balloons worked either way. Gotcha. So he so just held up the balloons and help. No, but he <laughs> could. He could make a a game day decision. Oh, I see. Just to stretch out the yeah. interminable, which wasn't as exciting as he thought it was. But <laughs> well, what, what can you do? I think we all know from having listened to Son of the Pod, Josh Horowitz's episode one pivot the pivot episode that things turned out just fine for they him. did so they did yeah so sometimes indecision april is a very big problem during that april month but it can all work out it just feels like a long time from the the time that the early decision students make up their make up their mind in december until the other ones who hold it out until the very last date that's yeah. a, that's a big chunk of time that's like a almost a an Eight, you know, as many months. Yeah, and they go through so many changes during that time. I know one student who, after submitting all of her applications, then decided she wanted to go into engineering and, thank God, got into one school that had a great engineering program that she didn't have to, you know what I mean? Like, it worked out, but she didn't necessarily walk into it thinking she, anyway, it can be crazy. It can be a crazy journey from beginning to end, and kids change their minds about what they think they want. For sure. Anyway, um, one thing that I have noticed living on in the middle of a university campus is the foot traffic on campus right now is pretty unbelievable. There are huge groups of admitted students touring right now, and of course, it's always like one person walking backwards, which is the tour guide, <laughs> followed by like 30 very quiet, very shell-shocked looking people just slowly following in like a zombie-like pattern, slowly following this one person walking backwards. And I see these clusters of people, like six or eight of them in a very small area um, at any point in time. There's just massive numbers of people coming back to campus to... To visit. Did you did you take your sons back to visit campuses after they I mean one was um one was during COVID, so that right. wasn't so no. The, the first time we went to campus was after 
he had essentially made up his mind. Oh. So it was a different it was a different time. And then the other one That was in California. That was in California. He wow. you know, the first time that we could see the schools was after he was admitted. After he was admitted and really you know, it was March of 2021 when we were felt safe to... To just hop a plane and go out there and take a look. Semi-safe. Yeah. Yes. So, wow. yes and no. Yeah. Yes and well, no. it's different visiting a campus when you know you already have your acceptance and you know you can go if you want versus, right. you know, touring when you're like, I, you know, this is very nice. I'm going to be disappointed if I don't get in, that kind of thing. That's... But, you know, it's interesting because one thing I um, that happened to me this week as I'm noticing all of these students um, meandering campus, I <clears throat> I was walking over to the dining hall to grab something to eat because I'm lazy and I don't cook. And I have spent the last four years um, surviving on campus food. And I can tell you, as an adult, it's fine. The campus food is fine. You're going to miss it. I'm totally going to miss it when I have to fend for myself out in the big world. Um but I was uh, going in through one of the back doors of the dining hall, which um, most people don't use those doors. But uh, anyway, and as I was going to open the door, a student, a kid dressed in running clothes who literally looked like he was out for a run, um, asked if he if he could get in that door as well. And I assumed he was a current student, um, but he looked like a very serious runner, too, like he was out for a serious run. And I said, oh, sure, I can let you in. You know, I just sort of like, whatever. I didn't think twice about it. And as we're walking through the door, I think he wanted to reassure me, like, he was a very nice kid. I think he wanted to reassure me that he wasn't just some rando off the street. Um, and meanwhile, I was already assuming he was a current student, and he clarified as he walked through the door. He said, I'm actually an admitted student, and I'm just here to um, check out the university to see if, if this is someplace I want to go. And I, of course, immediately transitioned into um, admissions officer mode. Like, <laughs> I was going to get this kid to go to Water. This is your specialty. This is my thing. I was like, well, can I answer any questions for you? And I think he was maybe a little overwhelmed, but um, but he was very sweet and he asked a few questions and I showed him like the Sally salad robot and I, you know, I pointed out where the convenience store is and I kind of showed him like, this is our dining hall. This is our cruise ship. This is our little cruise ship dining hall and it's great. And, you know, I just was kind of giving him a lay of the land and he seemed to really appreciate somebody. He was totally by himself. Like, right. His parents were not with him. He right. Was by himself. Um, and he was very sweet. And at some point I said to him something like, oh yeah, my own son actually goes to school here and, and he's really enjoying it and loving it. And, uh, he was like, oh, okay. That's, I, you know, that's really great. And as I'm standing there telling this kid, oh, my own son goes to school here. Hugh. Hugh. My own son <laughs> literally walking past me, and I was like, and there he is and right now. There is my son. In my a school of 8,000. <laughs> he just happened to walk by. He just by. happened to walk by at that exact moment, and I said, oh, hey, Jonah, and he said, hi, Mom, and he kept walking away. Um, I think, it, yeah, I think he wasn't interested in stopping to chat with his mother, but um, I do think that from the perspective of this kid, he was like, does everybody's mother... <laughs> come to college with them here? I'm like, no, 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 no. This is an unusual situation. Relax. Your mom's not coming to college with you. This is just our so, yeah. That's so <laughs> random and funny. And typical, typical of, of course. us. Like, oh, and there's Jonah. And there he is. And there he is. A. Right now, rushing off to class with a burrito <laughs> in his hand. I'm glad to see he's eating. Well, I wonder if he'll pick it. I hope. I hope he does. Um... 
So this kid did tell me the other university that he was considering attending, and as it turned out, it's an, it's a university that I do have some familiarity with, and um, so I was able to say, well, that's not the right decision for you, I son. Think you probably want to come to our university. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why it became so important to me to convince this one kid to come to our university, but... It's your personal mission. It was my personal mission to get him on board. So, <laughs> anyway, but... Today, we're going to be talking about more about Indecision April and... Buyer's remorse. The concept of buyer's remorse. The concept of making a decision so early and then and then Possibly sort of saying, what have I it. done? Yeah. Yeah. And, and how we as parents can... Guide, our, guide our, our young adults. Through that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So when we come back from the break, we will get started and we have um, a guest coming back to our podcast, a very popular guest from season one. Uh, Stay with us and we'll get you back at the break. And we have even more to talk about with regards to Indecision April 2022. Um, We're going to make the second half of our episode today about this concept of buyer's remorse uh, among our um, new adults in their process of selecting a college or a university. And to do so, we're inviting um, back to the podcast our good friend, friend of the pod, Kelly Jorgensen, to talk about this topic with a level of insight and experience that goes far beyond anybody else I could I've ever known in my life. Kelly is a dear old old friend of mine, but she's also one of the most amazing college counselors that you'll find on the planet. She currently works for a private school in Western New York, but she also runs her own private business called KJ College Counseling. And she has worked with students from all kinds of backgrounds and have sent them to all kinds of colleges and universities. Um, There's simply no um, college stone unturned when it comes to Kelly. And I'm very excited to welcome her back to the podcast. Welcome, Kelly. Welcome, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. I love being a friend of the pod. And it's so (laughs) good to be with the two of you again. And congratulations on the success of season one. Thank you so much. I've had a lot of people reach out to me about the fear of God speech. That was an important revelation. Uh, Basically a horror in the voices of parents everywhere saying I had no idea. So thanks again for having set us straight on, on that particular topic. Of course. What, so t- today is re- regret of early decision. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> we're talking about, so it's indecision April and obviously students are still, there are still, believe it or not, um, a lot of people might be surprised to learn that there are still students who are weighing options, trying to figure out where they're going to go. And we also have a lot of students who made this decision months ago as a result of the early decision application process. And one thing that I um, suspect happens, and Kelly, you can speak to us with more authority about this than I can, but this concept of buyer's remorse. 
Right, it felt real good in December when they knew, and now it's April, and everyone else is loaded up with choices, and they there are no choices for the yeah. And and this buyer's remorse can kind of hit at any time between now and when they actually ship off. So we thought we would consult with Kelly, who this time of year is in the thick of helping students make their actual decisions. So help us, Kelly. You're our only yeah. hope. <laughs> you know, you guys have hit on a really valuable topic, and it's. It's so tough this time of year, I think, for all graduating seniors for a variety of reasons. And Leslie, as you pointed out, it can happen in July. It can happen two weeks before we're leaving for college to move in and, and do our thing. So I, I think the first thing I'd like to point out is buyer's remorse is one thing. We've all been there, right? Whether it's a dress or a car or a house, but for these kids, they're making a decision which for them feels like, oh my gosh, I have to get it right and I have to get it right right now and I'm the only one who can make that decision. And so that comes with a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And at some point in our lives, very soon, we have to let go of the COVID piece and the play and the pressure it has added on kids but you guys, these are still COVID kids. And so they're still trying to make decisions where maybe developmentally and emotionally, they aren't quite where they would have been as a senior three years ago, if that makes sense, pre-COVID. And so I think one thing I'd like to make a plea for parents is we've got to recognize this bio remorse piece but I would also ask the parent who would knows their child better than any to assess buyer's remorse or is there a level of anxiety and depression at play and do they need support there in a very different way that is presenting as, oh my gosh, buyer's remorse, everybody else has these choices and I'm locked in. Not sure if that makes sense or not. Yeah, it really does. And I appreciate you bringing it back to mental health, um, which is something that we've, you know, tried to uh, address in some way on the on the yeah. pod. And, and I think it's uh, it makes perfect sense that it sometimes it's not just about am I going to New York or San Francisco? It's about something um, much more um, ingrained that needs to be addressed. Right. And so let's talk a little bit about what does happen and what's our role as parents when buyer's remorse hits. And so you wisely pointed out, Mindy and Leslie, two different scenarios. There's the early decision, right? They apply. Oh, my gosh, they're so happy. They're the envy of the entire senior class. Because they <laughs> I mean, choice. not just the senior class. Every parent envies that child at the same time. This is true. They got their first choice and life is perfect. And they get to sit back and enjoy once they have rescinded all of their other applications because the wise applicant has applied to early decision and also submitted their other applications as well, just in case early decision didn't come the way they wanted it to. Public service announcement from your friendly neighborhood college counselor, Kelly Jorgensen. Yes. Please, PSA. <laughs> and so once you, once that student has been admitted early decision, it is ethically, and they have checked the box, obviously on the Common App, that they would withdraw all of their other applications that they had submitted, but they are locked in. And so there is that sense of euphoria through December, even through January, 
And then, oh my gosh, for sure, leading up to March, that they have their destination in place. March rolls around, and in the ideal world, all of their friends are receiving multiple acceptances in which they get to make a choice. And that student who applied early decision or ED and is committed may feel that, did I do the right thing? Did I make the right choice? Is it the right thing for me? And I do think that early decision is not something we should take lightly because a student who's applying in September can often be different than that graduating senior in May. Um, But I think our role as a parent is to help kind of reshape that conversation for our kids, right? You chose this for a reason help them build out what is your life going to look like there? Who is the roommate? What are you excited about? Let's look at the classes. Let's go back and visit it if it's financially feasible for your family. Um, But I think sometimes in March for an early decision candidate, going back in March is a really ideal time as all of their peers are getting those decisions back as well kind of reignites the excitement of having experienced it for the first time. Buy the new sweatshirt. That's right. <laughs> right. I know. And I know it's your favorite thing to tell people not to buy the sweatshirt until they get the acceptance letters. <laughs> so now, how well have you listened to that? Leslie? I have not. I mean, sort of, sort of. My son has you loved sweatshirts. To it. I know. I've been telling everybody else not to buy the sweatshirt. How does that sound? Yeah, that's good. No merch. No merch. <laughs> no merch. So you're suggesting that they go back in March to see it again and remember why they loved it in the first place? I do. I think it's giving control back to the student, right? They've landed it in December. Everyone, hurrah, confetti. It's exciting. They go through the holidays. Everyone congratulating them through the, by their families. But I think it allows them then the opportunity to feel even more certain about their decision. And it's actually a double, it's a double positive whammy because not only do you get to reconfirm why you chose it in the first place but also just become more familiar with it so that when you arrive in August it's a um it it feels a little bit more like a familiar it's a more familiar surrounding every visit increases 100 right you're right because think about it for a lot of these kids they would have visited in at spring break of their junior year right kind of romanticized what this school is going to look like applied early decision and then they haven't seen it. And that's a long sit from March your junior year to August of your incoming freshman year to go see a college. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. But there can also, you know, that buyer's remorse can also hit in March. As you know, Leslie, indecision April, <laughs> students are sitting with choices. Um, they can typically rule out several, but they're left with maybe two or three, and they really don't know what to do. Um, And to make that decision once they click, you know, yes, I will attend and decline the other options. In one sense, they've lost control of the process again. Instead, I think we need to reshape it of you have controlled the process. You successfully navigated it. You successfully had acceptances in you, son or daughter or whatever, 
um, you made the choice of where you think is best for you. And so I think for the teenager, it can feel like they've lost control. And I think it's important for us to reframe it of you had control all along. Yeah, I remember uh, a year ago when my son was weighing his options and uh, he knew there were some schools on his list that he had no intention of attending, but even so he was very reluctant to click the button saying, sorry, I'm not coming, even though he, he knew he wasn't going. It just, uh, he just pained him to eliminate it's, options. It's very final. Yeah. It's very fine. Like he worked hard to get that letter and to say no thanks, even though it was something he didn't want. Right. It was anxiety provoking. So. Yeah. And it's interesting, Leslie, because sometimes students will feel like, oh my gosh, I feel badly saying, you know, I'm not coming. And I want to say to them, look, it's not personal for the college. Um, you know, for those denials you got, they did not feel like they needed to write you a sympathy note for that. <laughs> And no, so, they did not. <laughs> no. So at this point, you do get to just say no. And frankly, they don't have the time. They're just trying to figure out who's coming and who's not coming. Yeah. Yeah. And Kelly, you and I were talking last week about every time a kid says no to a college, a waitlist fairy gets its wings, meaning just be happy that someone's going to get off the waitlist now. Yay. And so I'm kind of sorry that you divulged that in a public setting because <laughs> I've been using that phrase and claiming it as my own. It can be yours. And now you just grabbed onto it's it totally because yours, it wasn't Kelly. yours. I owe you so much. You may have it. It's yours. Waitlist fairy? Trademark. Kelly Jorgensen. Yeah, the concept that, you know, like no, no, if no. a kid declines one of their offers, then presumably somebody gets in off the wait list and, you know. Yeah. I was just trying to confirm what the term was that yes. Kelly invented. Yeah, that Kelly invented. Every you. time you release one, the wait list fairy gets its wings and flies out to another little apple. <laughs> That's right. You, you've made somebody really, really happy. Go for it. So Came up with that all on my own. All on your own. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for giving this phrase to us, Kelly. We appreciate it. Um, so uh, what about, what if this happens two weeks before the student is scheduled, like the bags are packed, the bedding is purchased, the dorm has been decorated, maybe the roommate's been selected, the whole shebang, and all of a sudden they realize that most of the kids in their hometown are going to, you know, the state university and they've chosen to go, go some, you know, what, what do you, how do you support that as a parent? Yeah, you know, and I hate to keep bringing it back to mental health, but right. I will. Two weeks before, look, there has got to be some level of anxiety Absolutely. there. Um, you know, can I do it? I'm going to miss my dog. Um, <laughs> I like my sheets. I love how my mom cooks. Whatever that is, your kid is anxious. And again, developmentally, got to look back what the last few years have been like for these kids. And this is... Purely, this next statement is my opinion, and everybody knows their child the best, but it is that time that, hey, you've made that commitment, right? You've said you're going to go, and I need you to go and try it, right? What do we lose? I mean, at that point, in terms of the financial commitment, it's already made. Um, it's what we need to challenge students to take that next step that next step of growth, of stepping outside their comfort zone, of being willing to take a chance, but knowing that you're going to be there to catch them. If you need me to come, I'll be there. You can call me every night. 
Um, but that two weeks before that stage, right? Right. Right. We've all stood on the side of the stage. We've all been nervous. Our hands have sweat before a speech. That's stage fright. And it's helped moving them from that state of being paralyzed and moving them forward. In my opinion, right? Every parent knows their child best. Got it. Got it. So Kelly, so we're two weeks out. The kids are, are, are a little nervous about what comes next. What, what do you suggest that we do? How do we, do we make a plan with them? How do we prepare them for that final step and the goodbyes that are forthcoming? Yeah, Mindy, that's a really good question, especially when a student has expressed, I'm not sure, you know, they've, they've expressed that hesitancy. And I think kids are old enough at this point that we need to be honest. Hey, son, you've expressed the concern about going. I want to make sure that I'm giving you the support that you need. Let's develop how we're going to communicate. You know, are we going to Zoom? Are we going to text twice a day? Are you going to, whatever that is that's comfortable for your child and for you as a parent, I think is really important of how we're gonna manage orientation in those first couple of weeks getting into class. Remember, many of us have lived through it. We've seen it, or as a parent, we've seen an older child go through it, but it can be a very different experience for every kid. Mm -hmm. So I think we've got to respond to what do you need, but then also, here's what I need from you. And again, it's the student's journey and it's their experience, but it won't be very comfortable as a parent if they've expressed this concern and then they run off to college and they're eating pizza with your friends and you're staring at the ceiling at three o'clock in the middle of the night <laughs> worrying about, if, you know, they're okay. So I do think it's reasonable to have a plan in place. Obviously we're not gonna keep them leashed to us, um, but I also think orientation can be intimidating. There are blocks of time where maybe that student isn't engaged in, you know, how are they going to manage that? How are you going to reach out? How will I know you're struggling? Leslie, you'll appreciate this. And I can't believe I'm going to, you know, share it and everybody will have this. Our code word, our family is Joe Maddie, right? No way. It is. <laughs> and so for those of you who, who don't know, Joe Maddie is the founder of Interlock, and in, in, which is where Leslie and I met. Many um, years ago. Many, many, many years ago. But that is the I'm really struggling word or I need help um, is Joe Maddie. Uh, because it. it's innocuous and people don't know it. And yeah. so, what is that? How do I know you're struggling? Yeah. How can I just support you? Remember, they it's, like might a bat, it's like a bat signal that you can just flick right. on um, parent to child. Yeah, I love it. I mean, they might be 18, but if you look in their little eyes, you can see that little five-year-old going off to kindergarten. For real. Absolutely. I think I've said this on here before, but my son who stayed in our local town was homesick his first year at school. And he he wouldn't see us except for on a, on a break that was designated as a, a real break and I remember I got in well this is in one of the the topic of what not to do as a parent <laughs> I went to pick him up for fall break and he he had two friends walk him down with his laundry and I invited them home with 
us and he almost had my head because he didn't want them to come home. This was his separation. This was the first time yeah. he'd come home and he was creating his, um, and you know. He needed a break. He needed a break. Yeah. And he had tried to act like, you know, he was trying to follow the rules that he'd set up in his head and maybe we hadn't communicated them with each other, Good but point. he knew what his rules were and I didn't. Right. Yeah. So I broke them when I invited these kids home. And did they come home? Oh gosh. Um, no, I don't think so. Oh, he was pissed. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. No, but great example of like, oops, I stepped in it. And because had we, we hadn't... talked about it in advance, maybe I, yeah. I still may have messed it up, but maybe not as badly. <laughs> and he probably has forgotten all about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Leslie has heard me say this before. And Mindy, I didn't realize you were in the same situation. I really admire the two of you speaking of boundaries. And that's the plan. Right. That was the plan that was created with your kids. You are going to go and be a college student and you can come home on fall break, but you don't just get to drop by for dinner because you don't like what's being served in the dining hall. <laughs> but that's part of the plan yeah. that you established as families. And I admire the two of you so much for putting that and sticking to it. Yeah, although I have to say, having put that plan in place and sticking to it, I certainly get a phone call about how bad the food sucks. <laughs> so I still have to kind of suffer through something. But that feels like a normal parent experience, hearing about how bad the food sucks, as though he were half a continent away. Meanwhile, he's like three blocks that way. That's so. right. <laughs> but, you know, it's a boundary. So Right. Right. Anyway, and Mindy violated that boundary by inviting those people home. <laughs> I know. God damn it, Mindy. And the and the funny thing is, is a flash forward now to the last year, and he created different. He created. He's like, I, I I made it. Yeah. I succeeded. Right. I did college. Now I can come home and yeah. leave my laundry. And my my own kid's the same way. He's gone from like ducking behind trees to right. avoid us to Just like. like yelling hi mom across campus at me right. at like a hundred yards distance which i just think is and the truth is, is i think that all of this in it's different for every every kid yeah they don't all different. we're all gonna we all have to create our own boundaries and figure out what it is that works and with. reevaluate them and renegotiate them Correct. for real so mindy i think it's time for the public apology to your son <laughs> Josh, I'm sorry I invited Lexi and Cameron home in October of 2018. Mindy, you're forgiven. In absentia, <laughs> I have forgiven you on Josh's behalf. I, they forgive him. For oh, good. Uh, well, Kelly, um, as usual, great college corner with you. We really appreciate you jumping on and setting us straight. Uh, it's always a total blast to have you. Thank you, Kelly. Whenever you want me, I'm here. I look forward to collaborating. Would you like to give us the tagline? Everything's, the kids are fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. It's all, it's It's all fine. It's totally fine. You got it, Leslie. I mean, what's your name? Kelly. Thanks a bunch, Kelly. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 The Parent Page Podcast is hosted by Leslie Zox and Mindy Horwitz with sound editing and production from Jeff Easton. Opinions expressed on the podcast are ours and those of our guests, and everyone is welcome to respectfully disagree. It's a podcast about parent pages after all, so that's definitely to be expected. To share comments, parent page stories, or topic suggestions, please email us at theparentpagepodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Parent Page Podcast. 
If you'd like to support us, please click the donate button at theparentpagepodcast.wordpress.com. That's theparentpagepodcast.wordpress.com. And remember, the kids are fine. Everything is fine.